If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. That's what we love about robotics. Think about what you love, and then where do you slip in to find that passion? You know, even if you're a photographer, how do you photograph robots? When someone says the word robot, what do you think of? If you said technology, sure, that's part of it. But so are art, literature, and hands-on activities, both live and virtual. And it's all going to be a part of National Robotics Week, happening April 2nd to 10th, 2022. In 2010, the U.S. House of Representatives designated the second full week of April as National Robotics Week. The purpose, both to inspire students to pursue STEM-related careers and to involve participants of all ages, kids our age, older and younger, in exploring the excitement of robotics. You're invited to participate in the free activities, get your family, your classroom, or your community group involved, or even host a robot-related event of your own. Lisa Fried is the STEM program manager for iRobot, which is the founder and organizer of National Robotics Week. Lisa, before we get to talking about all the cool stuff happening for National Robotics Week, you're celebrating a work anniversary, and I would love to know an inside look of National Robotics Week. What have been some of your best professional and creative experiences that during your time at iRobot? Oh, gosh. National Robotics Week, it's really fun. We you know, we founded it just prior to me getting to iRobot. So it was founded in 2010. I arrived at the end of 2011. So, you know, very quickly had to come up to speed on how to run National Robotics Week, which was, you know, not something I anticipated right away. But I think it was really fun the first year, even just, I didn't know what they had done. It was brand new. So I said, we should have events in all 50 states. And everybody kind of looked at me and I didn't understand why we wouldn't have events in all 50 states. So that kind of became our game from the get-go to make sure something was happening everywhere around the country. And that was amazing because it shows that robotics really is everywhere. You know, it's, it's prevalent. And ever since then, we've been, you know, pandemic aside, we've been able to have stuff in all 50 states. Fast forward to today with all kinds of cool stuff. I have looked at the National Robotics Week website, and I'm sorry, so far I haven't been able to bring up anything happening in all 50 states, so I'll just have to ask you, what do you have going on? So you're absolutely right. There's nothing on that site, and that's because we have a brand new website coming. The website should be out in the next, I would hope, two weeks, if that. We've been working on it for the last, I don't know, six months. And we didn't want to push the events live on the old website, only have to bring them over to the new website. It confuses people. So we were holding off on that, but we definitely have things going on. I will say that it's a little different now. We're not as focused on, you know, physical stuff in all 50 states because of the way the world is right now. We just can't do that. So you're going to see a lot more online things, a lot more resources, and a lot more emphasis on how do you celebrate robots? What are robots to you? And so that should be really fun. There are probably some people listening who are never going to pick up a servo and are never going to wire up a robot or whatever, but can still be celebrating them. 
what are some of the ways they could? Absolutely. And that's kind of what we want people to see is that robots are all around you, right? That obviously, you know, Roomba's a robot. And we talk about that all the time, that it doesn't look or act like anything that the normal person thinks is a robot, but it is. Or, you know, think about where did your car come from? Well, robots probably built it, right? Robotic arms, things like that. So start thinking even what is that definition of a robot? Do you have things that think and act and sense around you? Are your smart devices robots? Maybe. And I'm thinking about my phone, for example, that has a smart device that would be robotic in a number of different ways. Are we too early to give the new website yet for people to check? It'll still be nationalroboticsweek.org. We just have not launched it. The consultant we're working with is almost done getting all the images up and all the, the content in. And then once it launches, it'll be at that same location. Let's tempt people. What are some of the events that you're seeing so far they're going to see when that website's up? I know that Pennsylvania has a couple robotics competitions. The first competitions are still happening. Some are virtual, some are live. There's a giant Silicon Valley Robots Expo that they brought back. Again, that had to be on hold. And that usually has thousands of people and all sorts of robots. So a lot of the expos are slowly making their way back, which I think will be really fun. Lisa also offered a closer look at the virtual aspects. Like I said, some of the first robotic stuff if they're not comfortable or if they're in an area, they have gone virtual. And that, you know, is equally amazing for kids because you can get more participation. A lot of the virtual stuff is also going to be resources. It's going to be geared at teachers. How do you work with robots in your classroom? So here's some activities you can do. It might be, you know, history. It might be we have some lists of books, things like that, that we'll see coming out too. Each year we put out a set of trading cards. And the trading cards are robots rather than baseball players or sports heroes. So we have our new set that is actually on the website now. And um, it's a great little resource. We've done them for about probably six years now and all different robots get featured. I noticed that one of the robot superstars is Perseverance. Yeah, we had a really good time last year working with some of the NASA engineers. We had done an interview with a gentleman who is working on MOXIE, and MOXIE is making oxygen on Mars. And so that experiment was carried up on Perseverance. But you know that's still up there. That's still happening. Every so often, they have some more groundbreaking information from Mars. So robots are working in the background. But we really want people to see it's not just science fiction. It's It's really tangible for everybody. And that's exciting because the last time we talked, you said there's room for everyone. Your root robot is for ages four through 99. Although when I'm 99, I think I'm going to want to still play with it. What about somebody who maybe didn't see themselves in robotics, but they're not quite sure how to start getting involved in this? Maybe they're not a teacher. Maybe they're just interested. How would you get that person involved in National Robotics Week? So I think one of the key things to do is say, what do you want to learn? Is it, you know, is it somebody who wants to learn coding? Because, you know, there are resources for that. Do you just want to know what kinds of robots are out there? Then take a look at the trading cards. Take a look at all, you know, six years of history of trading cards. Think about your personal goals of what are you trying to do? I mean, I took this job and had never worked in robotics, right? So I think everybody has room to learn. And what we've found is, 
as you start reading about a particular robot or how something works, that draws people in. And so that's when they, you know, the, the coolest part of robotics, and many of our employees will tell you this, is they didn't have to make a choice about what kind of engineering they liked because robotics encompasses all of it. You have to be a mechanical engineer, but still work with and maybe tinker a little bit with electrical engineering or with some other form of software. So that's what we love about robotics. Think about what you love and then where do you slip in to find that passion? You know, even if you're a photographer, how do you photograph robots? What photographs are there out there? That kind of stuff is fun. We better give a couple tips here. Let's say that you are a photographer. How do you get a good picture of a robot? I think it depends on the robot, right? It depends on the environment. With a Roomba, you've got often a very shiny front surface. So you have to work with that. You want to spotlight, you know, what makes it, you know, so cool. A lot of times it's the environment the robot is in. So for instance, again, let's take Roomba as an example. We want to make sure it's in a very clean, you know, modern looking house environment. Or maybe it's in a more relatable, messy, children live here house environment. It has to fit what the mood is. With Root, you know, same thing. It's an educational robot. We want to make sure it looks like it's in an educational environment. But photographing robots could be super fun because there's all sorts of parts. You can take them apart and photograph the parts. We're always encouraging people, and that's another way to participate in National Robotics Week. Take something apart. See what's inside. What makes it work? Let's step through maybe suggesting and submitting a program or an event for National Robotics Week. Somebody's listening. This is going to be out of their comfort zone, but they would like to get involved and don't quite know how. Let's even say maybe this person has a youth organization of some kind, Boys and Girls Club, Scouts, something of that nature. Where do they start? What do they yeah, do? Yeah, so if you go on our website, we do have a resources tab. And there's you can get there a number of ways. But those resources are there to really give you ideas of what to do. We also have some event, you know, some planning tips, know your audience, think about where you want to have it, think about how big you want it to be. And then people are always welcome to email us through the contact form and say, hey, I've got a group of kids. I'd like to do something with robots. What could we do? And then we start thinking about where are they? Because they could be anywhere in the U.S. Maybe they go to a museum. Maybe they go see an exhibit. Maybe we suggest a book that they all read together and then discuss how a robot's made. Super fun activity for any kid. We might suggest, you know, have the kids design what they think a robot could look like and what it would do and what problem would it solve. We never want to limit. What problem do you have that you think a robot could do better? And then... You, uh, you can fill out our form online. There's an event submission form. And the most important thing is we just want people, you know, tell us, be on social media or, you know, email us, but let us know what's going on. There's some very cool resources on your website, including that banner for National Robotics Week that people can share under the Creative Commons license. I thought that was great. What if someone listening really wants to be a part of this and resources are a challenge as they are for many people today, what can they do? So I understand that. And that's something that, you know, we're really, really trying to work on. Some of the communities are places where we've already donated some robots. Another resource is the Clubhouse Network. Clubhouse Network is 
across the, well, they're actually global. They have locations in many of our cities. And it's a place where students can drop in and start learning things like coding, like robotics, but also anything else with technology. They do a lot in the arts and music production and video production. That's a great, and we have a partnership with them right now where students have access to Root. But seeing if there's a clubhouse location near you is a fantastic and super easy way to find those resources that may or may not be lacking. And then I would say, don't limit yourself, right? If you have a severe lack of resources, but have pen and paper, start writing about what your dream robot is. Start drawing pictures of it. All the ideas that we have, even at iRobot, start that way. Somebody sits down, says, I think I have a problem. I'd like to solve it. And they start sketching. What if it did this? So that's a great way to just, you know, share that. Here's my cool idea. I love that because the one thing that nobody's ever limited in if they don't have money is imagination. Exactly. And that's where robotics really shines, right? None of the robots that we see today would exist without imagination, without somebody saying, I don't want to do this. How can I get something to do it for me? I mean, we there are robots out there that make pizzas. So... <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd come up with a robot that would wash the dishes. I know, I know. That's a challenging one for a robot because of the force feedback. We have never know how hard they're scrubbing until we really work on that. Well, let me know if they come up with one because I'll be one of your first customers. What has been one of your own best experiences with outreach in the past year? In the past year? Oh, gosh. Because, I mean, there's so many over the past 10 years, but in the past year, I think, honestly, it's been working in the communities that we've partnered with and seeing students really shine. We have a partnership with a city here in Massachusetts, Brockton, Massachusetts, and we provided robots to four of their middle schools so the students could learn coding and then participate in competition. And we kept it as bare bones as we possibly could because of COVID, because getting students together felt you know, nobody's done that yet. And how do we do this? And we brought them all to the Museum of Science in Boston. So they got to go to the museum and then they participated in a competition. They presented in front of an audience on what their ideas were. And it was remarkable to see students shine like this, to see them stand up and, you know, these are middle schoolers and stand up and say, I was really nervous coming in here today but I know I can do this. And now I know how to speak in front of a group. Those are the skills we want to empower. I mean, yes, they learn coding, but they learn so much more. It was about the teamwork because we threw kids together who don't normally you know, work together on a project like this. And to hear them say, you know, Susie came in and we weren't sure what she was going to be able to do. She didn't know anything about coding, but in the end, she had some really good ideas and we're so glad Susie's on the team. So that experience in the last year has been just phenomenal. You're mentioning a soft skill here that people 30 years older than these folks may not have. That is amazing. I have to wonder how many of these students were going to show up where you are at iRobot in 10 more years and say, here I am, your new intern. That's, you know what, that's what we hope. And we're starting to see that happen where we've done panels in colleges and we have a current intern who said, I heard your panel two years ago and that's why I wanted to intern and now I'm here. 
So you just kind of got to wait for the fruits of your labor to, to show up at the door. It's exciting to see more girls and women start to show up at the door as well. How do we increase that? I think we just keep encouraging them. The girls and women don't see a reason that they can't be in the STEM fields. What happens all too often is we act like it's such an amazing, cool new thing for them to do that, that we start perpetuating that myth. So what we have to do is just support them in their journey and say, that's great. You want to be a doctor just like Joe wants to be a doctor. How do we both find you resources? And we don't make it into such a super special occasion that, you know, both Susie and Joe want to be doctors. So it's been really exciting. We just have to keep providing the resources as well and make sure that they know what fields are open to them. I'm a big proponent, and this is a lot of what Robotics Week is about, career awareness, right? Knowing what jobs there are in robotics, knowing that you can work at a robotics company and still be an accountant. That's really important. As an engineer yourself, who or what first inspired you and made you feel, no, it's not special, it's just these are your gifts, your talents, you're going to be an engineer? I was very fortunate. My dad was an engineer. And so I was exposed to this from early childhood. He took me to work. He involved me in projects. And in my peer group, you will find most often that somebody had a parent who was an engineer. And so what we have to do is take that and bring that to the students who aren't so fortunate and just show them who these people are and what we do. When we bring students into iRobot, we make sure that we talk about all the jobs because I could talk till I'm blue in the face about engineering and somewhere in the room is a student who really just wants to be a writer and all they wanna be is a writer. Well, what they don't know and what we make them aware of is we have a tech writer on staff. We have a bunch of them. We have people who write our content for social media. So. While I was so, you know, very lucky to have somebody guide me, we want to make sure we're there for those students. And what's fun is art is science, science is art. That tech writer is an artist. Of course. And of course, we, everybody has to be in some way. And with robotics, there's always something exciting coming up. To me, you know, based on what we're doing, it's not so much the physical robot, it's the smarts within the robot that we're seeing really grow. So our robots, you know, now have a little bit of AI. They know what things are, what they have to avoid. We've taught them what cables are and what socks are. They know what dog poop looks like. So things they have to go around and not get involved with. And that's, that's what we're seeing is how robots are so super smart. And they're starting to interact with other devices as well. What have been the most fun ways of applying art to what you do as an engineer? Oh, gosh. Well, I always say that you can't do any STEM field without art. You know, as I said earlier, everything starts with a sketch. Everything we do, it's a way of expressing sort of what's inside your head. And even if it's the most menial, horrible stick figure sketch, it works. I think we bring art in, you know, in all sorts of ways with robotics, with creativity, with what does it look like? Right? You can design this robot and then realize, well, this is super ugly and it's supposed to live in someone's living room. How do we go about fixing that? One of our newer robots has a textured top surface. Just looks very different, but it looks really nice. Brought a little more creativity into it. So those, those students who do drawing and art, I mean, even presentations. My first crack at a PowerPoint is not ready for the public to see. But I'm very fortunate. I have a graphic artist who works in our staff 
and I give her those horrible sticky note, you know, clip art drawings, she turns it into magic. But that allows me to get my ideas across much better. Goodness, if I had to draw for PowerPoint, I would be lost. I'd be calling you screaming help for your artist. <laughs> I didn't want to forget to mention that the last time we talked, you were involved in this very cool project where you're doing an online museum. I think I might even have it here on my phone. And if not, please correct me because I'd like to give the yeah. link where people can see this. But is this it? We do have our app. So iRobot Cool Stuff is our app. We have a physical museum. The museum is in our headquarters. We are back open, not for in-person visits quite yet. We're trying to lag a little bit behind and see how things go. But I am doing virtual tours in which somebody can request a tour. They will be on Zoom walking through the museum with me. And actually, your video feed is provided by a robot that walks alongside me and provides the video. It's a telepresence robot, so it's, it's pretty fun. And the app is a nice companion to that because there's so much that we can't show you in the museum. You know, the robot's in setting. I can't show you video. So we walk through and then I would suggest the app later to get to know the robots even better. And how do people access your museum online? On our website, so edu.irobot.com, there is a portion for STEM and talking about how to you know, request a tour or request a virtual visit or anything like that edu.irobot.com. And people can always email also stem at irobot.com is a great way to get in touch with us. Of course, an important question here would be how can people best support you with what you're doing with outreach and with National Robotics Week? Talk about what they're doing to help kids. Just keep helping students. Put it on social media, particularly you know, for Robotics Week. Just use that hashtag RoboWeek. Tell us what you're doing with robotics. Tell us how you're helping inspire. That's really the best support we could ask for. And finally, as an educator and professional, what's been one of the best lessons you have learned from National Robotics Week about innovation, creativity, and making a difference? I think that it's everywhere that, you know, even we're surprised when people join us on Twitter and show their company using robots. We don't think about it, right? We're like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. They have robots too. And the pervasiveness of it and how the industry is just changing and growing at such lightning speed all the time. It's been really fun to see that breath across the country and to see that students really can start to learn about that. Lisa, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having us. You and I have been listening to Lisa Freed, STEM program manager for iRobot, which is the founder and organizer of National Robotics Week. National Robotics Week 2022 happens April 2nd through the 10th. You're invited to be a part of it. Get a look at what's happening at nationalroboticsweek.org, where you'll find free resources and ideas. And as Lisa said, they're going to be listing National Robotics Week events in all 50 states. And in addition, if you'd like to submit an event of your own, you're welcome to do so. And if that sounds just a little bit scary because it's your first time doing that, you can reach out to stem at irobot.com for suggestions and guidance. Here is one more link for you. You'll find iRobot's free educational resources at edu.irobot.com, and those include a virtual tour of the Robotics Museum, which Lisa mentioned. Take a look under Request a Virtual Experience in the STEM Outreach section and select Museum Tour. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening.
Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.